Hello, and welcome to Because Nature Tells Me So. I'm Susan Charks. This podcast, which originates from scenic, historic, and still beautiful Bucks County, Pennsylvania, features my readings about nature. This week, I'll be reading my latest Nature's Way column, To See the World in a Grain of Pollen. The printed version appeared in the May 24, 2007 issue of the Bucks County Herald. As often as I can in springtime, I try to go out of my way to arrange an intimate encounter with a tree. Trees are the largest life-forms that most of us will ever meet up close. They tower over us and reach invisibly underneath, usurping the sky above and ground below. Their scale can be intimidating, and en masse they invite awe. Atop the canopies of forest interiors, tree branches soar like cathedral trusses, inviting introspection and contemplation. But where trees need not grow only straight and tall to reach the light, they meet us at our own height, lining mountain streams and reaching out from the wood's edge, standing solitary watch in old fields, guarding parking lots and shading the middle school softball team's grandparents. Trees extend their branches like welcoming arms. Here the catkins reach down low enough to touch, to run your hand through or bury your face in. The flowers skip across your skin like tiny dancers, tingling and tickling. Strands of red silk, strings of tawny pearls, spikes of jade-yellow fuzz, maple, oak, and willow flowers feel as different as they look, shimmering, fluttering, dipping in the sun-heated breeze. As the wind blows, the air fills with millions upon millions of investments, almost all of which end up lost. Each catkin is a flower studded with florets, and each floret holds a cache of pollen that it casts into the air. Breathe in. Whether you seek out a spring fling with a tree, or, like my son, prefer to trim a clothes tree in season, if you are alive to inhale, you can't help but have your own close encounter with a tree. Of all these innumerable pollen grains, most miss their mark and a great many of those lodge in eyes, throats, and lungs, where their journey ends with a sneeze. If you are unfortunate enough to be hypersensitive to pollen, their presence will trigger an immune response, escalating the mild, irritated sneeze to a histamine-fueled battle that does neither trees nor humans any good. This is intimacy of a different order, but a necessary implication of the system that trees have devised to spread their kind as far as possible. Allergies are collateral damage in a tree's empire-building campaign. For these great beings depend, as equally as do the smallest of us, on minute packages of genetic material for their reproduction. Throwing caution to the wind, a grain of tree pollen launches from the male catkin with only the remotest hope of accomplishing its mission. Somewhere out there is a sticky female flower. On maples, it dresses in brazen red. On oaks, it hides shyly in the crook of the leaf bud. On willows, it hides in plain sight on catkins nearly identical to the male flowers. In the unlikely event that one of the billions of pollen grains lands on a stigma, and that the female accepts the pollination offer, usually a tree rejects not only its own pollen, but also the pollen of other species, fertilization will follow. Of course, that doesn't end the story. The seeds or nuts produced by fertilization still have to be dispersed, germinate, and grow to maturity a process that the tree has no control over. It depends instead on wind, water, and even autonomous agents such as seed-eating or nut-caching animals. 
The odds against any single pollen grain developing into a tree that reproduces itself are astronomical. Is this a system that any rational being would have devised? An encounter with a tree flower is a glimpse into the madness that binds the unmerciful randomness of the universe together into what we call hope. This is the grand unifying force. No wonder its touch tingles like electricity. And that's this week's edition of Because Nature Tells Me So. Please visit my website, www.susancharks.com, for more information about me and my writings. Your comments are always welcome. Email susan at susancharks.com. Thanks for listening.